Welcome to Season 2, Episode 10 of the Loot and Dagger Podcast, where we play Dungeons & Dragons 5th Edition, all for your listening pleasure. If you love us as much as we love you, then I suggest you comment, rate, subscribe on whatever platform you're listening from. Our passion surely can overcome whatever social media boundaries you feel exists. Now, let's tell some stories. Gentlemen, clerics, arcane ladies, and some demon shit gets crazy. Fear of snow, wielding daggers, magic boats, and singing flowers. Everybody's got a beef with us, but ain't no problem to burn and run. Your evil shit don't stand a chance, cause you and dagger know how to dance. When last we left our heroes, grit is gone taken away by some weird device called the engine. In his wake is the mysterious but happy to be anywhere Vlad is love. There's also a new addition to the adventure crew, Tiri. Together, everyone must navigate through the Underdark and attempt to find the surface world. We find them now, adrift in the Dark Lake, assessing options. When last we left, Grit is no more. You have a new party member, Tiri. You also have Vlada's love on your boat. Matilda is still reeling. Now she feels good. It's just this was the first time she has been hurt to this degree, I think, with magic yeah. even. Yeah. At that. So, uh, Not happy about it. And somewhere looking somber off into the dark lake is likely Victor, just hating every moment of his life. Well, but, I, <laughs> I don't know. I don't, I don't know to presume, sure. but mm-hmm. yes. <laughs> Current scenario is not ideal. Vladis <laughs> Love is just wa- looking around with wondrous looks in his eyes, his eyes wide. Just, this is wonderful! We own a boat! This is great! Do you not have boats? Where do you come from? Yes, we have boats, but this is different place. I've never been here before. This is wonderful! Yeah, there's nothing quite as exciting as a boat sailing in complete darkness with nothing to see. Oh, there's always things to see if you open your eyes, Vic. Sure. Sure. Like, like that bit of darkness over there, <laughs> and that other bit of identical darkness over everywhere else. Yeah, so much. So much. He goes back to the front of the boat, just kind of almost like Titanic. He's like, yay! <laughs> Butterflies poop out. Oh, yeah, absolutely. <laughs> so Sarath is navigating, unless you guys want to do any more stuff right now. It takes a whole nother day of traveling through this dark lake after the events you just been through. But eventually there is a shore, like a little beachfront that opens up, and a wall, just a mountainous wall of caverns in front of you. As the um, boat goes up to the, goes up the beachfront, and Sarah says, uh, we've arrived. Oh, I first stopped. Arrived where? Well, this is the, uh, the other end of the dark lake. And from here forward, we would need to go to Neverlight Grove. Through which one of these caverns? Yeah. And where do the other ones go? As you approach, you realize there's just a solid wall of just caverns and and uh, he's kind of pointing out, well, somewhere ahead of us, there will likely be a, a tunnel or a cave that will uh, head into where we need to be. So this is the end for Sailing right. Ship. I'm sorry, what? We're... We would probably need to, if we want to go to Neverlight Grove, we need to exit the ship now. We need a dock. I yeah. thought Neverlight Grove was just another island along the way. No. 
So uh, once we go to Nimlak, well, how far away is Nimlak Road from here? Tough to say. I'd say about three or four days travel on foot. Oh dear. Okay, and then all right. So if, once we get there, then then where? Then we're just somewhere in the the ground of the underdog, as opposed to the ocean of the underdog, and we just well meander around. Like I thought, this was just another stop on our watery path. But if this is the end of our watery path, then, uh, all right. So after Neverland Grove, what was our next destination? I thought we had uh, Landing Stone. And that's not accessible by water? Absolutely not. Mm. But both of those are in this direction, generally. You'd have to go through caverns and caves anyways to get to them. Okay. Not necessarily an issue, just an unexpected paradigm shift. Okay. The good news is that the uh, Myconids of, of uh, Never Like Grove are very, very uh, wise in the ways of the Underdark. They might have a good, some good information for you on how to get out. Perhaps a map would be useful. Your maps would be best suited for the gnomes of Lingenstone, the deep gnomes. They're the only map makers of the Underdark, really, and they keep that heavily guarded within their culture and their community. Okay. So we're already docked, right? Yeah, he's pulling you in as you're talking at this point, but he, he is, it is Victor's baby. He, do, he dares not dock it without Victor's approval. <laughs> All right, well, docking everybody out. So hey, Victor, water we're spot. all going to get off your boat. Understood. <laughs> I thought I thought you'd be happy that we're getting off your... All right, maybe so not, not so much that you also have to get off your boat. But... Well, that really is the kick of <laughs> That's what alters the dynamic of the entire situation. All right, all right. I am going, once everybody is off the boat, I am going to start uh, looking... For uh, hoping for a, uh, a a button. Oh, uh, you have a really high passive perception, but I mm-hmm. can't give you the button without you actually rolling oh, perception. That's, that's Let's do it. Eighteen. Eighteen is good enough. When you get off the boat, there is right on the front in a place that looks just like it's ingrained in the wood. Mm-hmm. There is a button, and it looks buttony. It's a little. Outstretched. It's a circle button. Once all the people and equipment are off the boat, I'm going to push. You push the button, and the boat starts slowly just going down in size, and, it, and you can, you start gripping it in your hand as it becomes a toy-sized boat. I tell you, Todd Mora, I you are winning me over day by day. This is. Mm. That's Andy. That is wonderful for a shrinking boat. I am delighted by the circumstance. Well, that is indeed the that's plan. Fun, that's wonderful. When it's done, it goes into its own box that says mm-hmm. it has a heart on it, and it says Timora. Oh, Timora, you are you are killing it. You are just mm, ever so delightful. And now it can fit in your pocket. I, I, I will indeed pocket it. All right then. Well. That's a big old weight off of my shoulders. So, so uh, tell me, where, uh, which cave is it that we're going through? Unfortunately, this is more of a feeling, and I believe, uh, and still kind of um, pops up. It's like, um, yeah, now that we're close enough, I just, I can feel kind of where we need to go. I mean, there's no, you just start. We're just gotta start going in a direction. But I, I can f- sense that I'm close to home now. Okay, we follow you, little mushroom. It starts bouncing up. And this is a, a slow going process, but if someone wants to backpack him or something, he can kind of just nudge. No, he can, he, he can sit on he can sit on Lady's shoulder and backpack. He doesn't 
What is a blue whistle as we walk? Because he's happy. You exit the beach and you enter. There are there are many series of just natural caves and tunnels here. Um, some of them have eerie sounds coming from them. But eventually, uh, you guys decide on one tunnel. It doesn't have as many eerie sounds coming from them. And it's actually a little bit lit with uh, like like uh, luminescent ferns and such. Mm. Well, this seems slightly less haunted than the other options. What? What does the group think? Sure. I, I wonder for that. What are these? Uh, I'll go look at the trees and like, I gotta like feel the leaves. Like, I've never seen something like this before. It's glowing in your hand as you pluck some of the, you pluck some of the, the well, leaves. I'm not plucking anything off. Okay. I'm just gonna, I'm just like admiring the yeah. bioluminescent foliage. No, this is the first time you've seen kind of beautiful, it's, it's like a neon glow going on with these uh, with these plants. I'm remembering this because I want to press to digitate some of these things <laughs> in the future, so I'm going to keep uh, these in mind. Oh yeah, yeah. So these are definitely a neon glow of reds and yellows and all kinds of fun, like greens and stuff like that. So this is, it's beautiful. It's good. And the tunnel you're in at this point, it's about 15 feet wide. You guys can move through it. So do me a favor. I'll do it for Sarah. We're gonna do a survival check to kind of start making sure you're not necessarily getting lost, but let's see which tunnels you pick and what happens there. Okay. But we're letting the mushroom lead us. Yeah, he's leading you. Okay. But, but he's, he's leading still you in just a direction. A he's leading you in a direction. There are many tunnels and paths you can are take. Are we all making survival checks? If you want to. <laughs> do. Nineteen. Okay. Sixteen. So going north and um, it's a natural one. Natural one. <laughs> Nobody knows what's going on here. And I have a negative one. So. All right. Uh, you there's a point when you come across about uh, an intersection about three different cave systems. They all seem like they're going to the right place, but you actually, with your survival check, you realize that one looks like there's there's tracks on them that are like monstrous tracks oh. and there's also a sign out front written in a uh in drow does any can anyone read the undercommon i can uh seraph because he's oh, a yeah, drow that's right <laughs> yeah the dark elf yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> terry speaks under you guys gotta remind me sometimes <laughs> of what you who you are what you got so the drow uh, the uh the seraph looks at this sign and you can read it with him jenny too but he's like this is a Drow scouts have been through that tunnel there, and it looks like they have marked it for demons. Best not to go there. Yeah, that seems like a, an appropriate assessment. Uh, anyone disagree? But it was, Tilda? It was hidden. It well, was not yet. hidden in just, a, uh, just the right place. And just, yeah. Okay. So that's what your survival check showed. Like, you had some options. Right. This looks like the most dangerous. Yeah. You don't have to take that option. All right. Y'all shouldn't be going some of the same places. We should, we're, um, we should check this side out next, after we drop off the toadstool. We'll cross that bridge when we get to it. You like killing demons. I like being home. Well, I can't help you with that right now, Victor. Well, you gotta take pleasure in the little things, like killing demons. Uh, uh, Come on, let's I'm go. I'm not entirely sure I disagree with you this time. <laughs> <laughs> well, let's proceed. All right, you take the safer route at this point. 
Um, and the safer route does have some eventually some more luminescent stuff, and uh, it opens up into more of a, uh, a miniaturized forest of sorts. that have zerk wood and mushroom caps that are huge, and you're you're going through that. We're gonna say now, unless you guys would like to, we're gonna fast forward through this because we're using okay. a standing survival check. You're taking mm-hmm. the right steps. You're doing the right things here. Every so often, you see more and more of these signs. That Sarah is, and Sarah says this is a little foreboding. I haven't seen this many demon signs since, um, well, oh, the Great Demon it. War. Oh, anytime there's a civil war amongst our people, we start to summon demons, and so our scouts will try to. Uh, this is why people don't like dark elves. I understand now. Summoning dark elves and just leaving them lying around anywhere. Exactly. Demons. Demons. Yeah. yeah, that's what I figured. Yeah. <laughs> Sorry. I'm not summon not dark I've never summoned a demon, but uh, <laughs> heard dark elves summoning demons, leaving so, them all over the floor. If there are any demons, I can find out where they are. I've got. I think they're down there. <laughs> no, I mean, once we how, get like how far away down there, kind of thing. Mm, it says to the next turn, though. So I think this is actually during initiative. Not sure. Uh, location of any role play spells are great. You can still use it as a role play. What divine okay. sense? Yes. Yeah, you just concentrate that. It just kind of gives you a general overview of if there were any within the range, which I think is. Uh, it's sixty feet. Sixty feet's fine. That might be good to know. Mm-hmm. I'm sure that will unfortunately come into quite handy <laughs> soon. <laughs> you want to do that now? <laughs> I can. No, just in case there's any invisible demons sneaking up on us. So <laughs> yeah, I will cast Divine Sense. So that's Sense Demons or just Evil and Shed? Uh, location of any Celestial Fiend undead, 60 feet. We're going to look at this almost like the... You remember Aliens? The movie Aliens where they have like the little tracker with the blobs and stuff like that? Your Divine Senses are... There's a path that is going to the left, and that does look like there's some there's some definite demonic presence in this one path. That's not exactly the path you're going. But you also feel something that hits you right in your divine gut as you reach out with your divine aura, right? Because you sit down, you concentrate, you start reaching out. Somewhere within this forest, there is something calling out to you once you had done that. Something that in that direction, you do sense undead, but also you sense something else, a, t- a hint of light, a hint of something definitely grabbing at you, calling out to you, and it's like a faint voice that you can't quite hear right now. Within 60 feet? I think now, you guys are in a bit of a thick forest still at this point, so there's a thick zerkwood forest or some mushroom caps. Are so we no longer like- in the 15-foot-wide corridor, cave-wide? No, you guys exited that, and now you're in a bigger kind of uh, drop off of a, of a underground forest. trees and stuff. Yeah. Oh, sorry, I missed Sorry. That. But that's where you guys are right now. So to your left, there's definitely a demon <clears throat> tunnel that you sense. But there's something that's calling it's to you specifically, um, Tiri. I think we should go this way. I think I need to go this way. Okay, sure. And I'm, I'm willing to entertain that. Just to, uh, to be aware, though, is that way... Uh, to or away from imminent danger? I can't say for sure. Okay, so we're going to assume two. Well, there's definitely imminent danger to the left. 
but I think I don't know what's ahead. Only one way to know is we go. We go see. I don't think we can get out without going that way anyway. Well, that's fair enough. Well, the only way out is through then, right? So let's uh, continue on. Alright, I'm going to draw out a little bit of uh, space. So we're going to keep this circle you see. Over here are walls, cave walls. You guys are at the lip of what looks like a crater. This has every mark of what looks like a crash site of some sort. Crash site? Looks like an ancient structure that has crumbled on the bottoms of the structure like it had landed here. And you see off to the side, kind of uh, a little bit buried, but you do see a set of doors on this structure. And the structure has all kinds of um, runes all, all over it. And it looks more like a pod, like a giant metallic brass looking pod. And it looks to be about probably, I'd say about 30 feet down from your current, because this is more of a kind of sunken in hole. And is that where your sense is coming from? What do the runes say? Hmm. Uh, I don't... Are they, like, dwarvish runes, or...? These are elvish runes. Oh. Ancient elvish runes of a kind of alien to you. Nothing you've ever seen before. It's elvish, but I don't understand it. It's old. So she doesn't understand... So it's not in standard elven? It's not in standard elven. All right. So she can't read it, and I can't read it either. Okay. All right. No, no, no. No, I got it. Got a plan. Comprehend languages. Can you read it, Miss Elder? I'm gonna give it a shot. So I gotta climb down there and touch the surface. Okay. So I'm I can doing that. I can help with the. Is there something to like tie a rope and just kind of help help you her? You guys would like to down. do that. Otherwise, it's gonna be more of a dexterity check to make sure you just don't. I'm gonna put my cloak up and yeah. just walk down. Yeah, you can walk down with ease. Because he has a. You have a spider. Spider he climb. Has a spider I cloak. walk down walls. Yes, that's one of the wonderful things about these cloak. I have pretty good dexterity, so I'm, I'm, I'm just kidding. Yeah, you have good. De- I'm not gonna make you guys. It's, it's just a hole that you guys can kind of slide down mm-hmm. when that's it comes good. down to it. Can I slide down on my shield? Yes. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, you can coast do a slide down, down on your shield, just kind of coast down. Yeah, I like it. And when you get close enough to touch it, it says this is a royal Nethel, Nethril, sorry, Nethril, N-E-T-R-A-T-H-R-I-L, vessel. All right, what's that mean? What's Nethril? You've never heard of a Nethril, what Nethril is. You can sense right now, just because you guys are pretty clever anyways, that the royal Nethril uh, vessel, Nethril is probably some kind of kingdom of some sort, society. But it's basically warning, like it's like warning everything that this is a, like it looks like standard, like... um, Keep out, no trespassing. Yeah, no trespassing, royal only. All those type of things are in list right. in the uh, room. No, uh, no history check to try to remember. You can do it. You haven't done one yet. Let's go for it. Uh, seventeen plus seven. Nice. All right, I love it. You've heard through your uh, red mage studies, and uh-huh. uh, this is actually really interesting for you. A lot of red mage culture has come from the old Nethril society. 
where it was said thousands of years ago, or a thousand years ago, around that point, the, uh, they were elves who lived in floating palaces. And they commanded extreme use of magics, all kinds of magics. They didn't deal a whole lot with uh, kind of a, not the surface world as much as they dealt with more things like celestial things and planar topics. They didn't really worry too much about the surface world. So these guys used to have floating, floating islands of, of, and vessels and things like that, floating palaces. They were able to use and harness magic in that way and infuse their, their boats and vessels with kind of this, this floating aura. Are these walls here that we're seeing? Uh, yeah, these are cave walls. That's the end of the cave, like a cave is. Last law. Yes. Would you be so kind as to walk up the walls and take a look at the ceiling? See if there's anything strange about it. Absolutely, I'm here to help, but start walking up the walls. All right. To investigate um, the ceilings. Directly above the ceiling here, where this is, you do see where at one time, one place in time, this would probably crash through the, uh, the ceiling. Is there a hole that goes straight up to the surface? No, <laughs> okay. because it's been a lot of time since then maybe, but maybe uh, there's also some weirdnesses that you haven't rolled for. Um, it may have just popped into existence somewhere above that and just used that. Well, my arc I'm not really <laughs> skilled in arcana, I just happen to... Yeah, but you do notice there, right here, there's <coughs> a, right above it, there's definitely a hole where this had crashed through at one point in time. Um, but if you keep looking at you have dark vision, right? Mm-hmm. So as far as you can see, there's like another cave wall that kind of presents itself. So it doesn't just keep going up in a straight line or anything like that. Does it, does it look like it's like when you look up, you see another cave wall, does it look like there's another opening? Yeah, you can just walk you up can just, yeah. You can just keep going. Um, I'll be right back. I checked top of hole. And this would take you... A long time if you wanted to keep checking. There's another there's another hole, sure. And then at that point it opens up into what looks like a giant, like empty cavern. And at that point you realize you could you'd have to keep walking up. But there's a point when the hole stops. There's no longer a direct there's a direct path. Mm-hmm. But there is a giant, giant empty cavern, like two floors up of where you're going. This would take you probably a good I would say about 30 minutes to to run up there and start looking. Any more amount of time you're spending. All right, I'll, I'll, walk, I'll walk back down and kind of... How, how does the top of the pod look? Mm, that's a good question. Mm-hmm. Uh, the top of the pod looks like the same as everything else around the pod, only it looks... Uh, Doesn't look damaged, no big holes in it or anything? No, it looks like it landed at the bottom. Okay. The top has... There are some scorch marks around the side on the top. Is there an access port? No. There's no windows. Nothing like that. Oh yeah. Okay, let's go down. Oh, well the big hole in the ceiling goes up for quite a bit. And there is another big large cavern. Uh, let's say 30 minutes vertical walk up hole. Yeah, because we can all walk vertically up a hole. Well, it's interesting information to have, nonetheless. That's true. Mm-hmm. Sorry, I was touching it. <laughs> yeah. Okay. I walk back down. <laughs> yeah. You can join the party. All right, let's go in. I like the 
good idea. I've never seen something like this before. Oh, good. Is there a door? Have we seen a door? There is a door. Mm-hmm. It is slightly cracked open. Slightly cracked? All right. Should we still check it for traps? Probably. Investigation roll. Perception does it, and then it's investigation. investigation. I forget if it's investigation or people do it so differently. All right, uh, 14 plus 7. There was at one point a trap on this, but it has been triggered. It's a 10. Okay. It was a arcane trap. All right, so it's done now. It's been uh, so I'm going to try to open the door. All right, you open it. Mm-hmm. And what you see when you walk in is a very, very, you don't have dark vision, do you? Uh, I have a spell that oh, I could cast okay. if it's dark. Because it's pitch black in it's here. It's pitch black. All right, then I will. I'm going to cast dark vision. Okay. Good for the next eight hours. That's beautiful. Mm. So now you can see just fine. Yep. And what you're seeing is a mural of sorts. This is all around. It looks like these are a, like a historic mural. There is also a altar here. And behind the altar, Obviously more murals, but I mean the top, you know, the, the ceiling's painted, the walls are painted like one giant flowing picture of history. And everything that's uh, depicted in here, it looks like there is a, there is an elvish woman. And she has, uh, she looks every bit like a, like a Sith villain. She has a long flowing cape, uh, uh, like a cloak. And she's, uh, she has a, there's always two people with her. It looks like her team. And it looks like she's uh, defeating angels. She's taking their stuff and collecting a, a horde of things for the, uh, this is you just looking around. There's nothing written here, but you can, you guys can definitely take your time and, and piece some of this together. Can there's, I have history to see if I know this story? Yeah. Twelve. No, you don't know this story. I guess mm-hmm. same, would, would, would me being a tiefling, a tiefling what, demon-tainted? Or demon-tainted. Mm-hmm. See if I recognize any of this, maybe. No, this is definitely an elvish lady. Fighting celestials. All right, uh, history check for, what's that, 26? 26? You are recalling some of your teachings from your red mage past. Mm-hmm talking of uh, one of the greatest adventurers slash um, arcane magic users that a lot of people kind of think maybe she's the one that, not that they modeled the Red Mages after her, but she was definitely an influence and that this was something that the um, Nethrals loved in some of their royals. This is Lotus, Lotus Keem. Lotus Keem. Keem. And she is every bit a, she would uh, fight uh, angels and gods and try to take a lot of their prized possessions back to the kingdom for the glory of Nethril. I'm going to walk in, tap the bottom yeah. of my staff on the ground and light it up. Absolutely. And now you're seeing the same thing they're seeing and you're, everyone's there. What is all Well, this is distressing. All right. I'm going to tell them what I know. Mm-hmm. Well then, my oh my. Let me get a closer look at that altar while we're there. Sure. Um, also, there is a door here that is a little cracked open. It's like the door, but it's, so, yeah, I I'm just. So across from the altar? Across from the altar. But so far, you haven't heard anything from there, I haven't seen anything. 
The altar, this looks picked dry. Like there were things here, but there's still like a, a few candle holders. There's like bowls, like nice brass bowls. Well, like, like when, let's say there's a table with stuff on it and it's collected dust and you pick it up, there's like a clean spot left. Yeah, this had not been moved for a while. Um, but you do see some dust has been kicked up uh, around some things. So it's not like this has actually been, and this is more for Victor because he's so perceptive. You can tell that there's actual feet marks, like two sets of feet marks, because this is a really dusty, dirty old place. And you actually see now that you, you did your light, um, there's feet marks that went up to the altar, and then there's feet marks that went out to this door, two feet marks. With the, uh, the little they look relatively fresh, for as much relatively as you... compared to hundreds of years. Right. With what was lifted off of the the, the dusty altar, can, is there enough of the clean spots to kind of tell what it was? Like, does it look like there was a body on there, or a skeleton, or books? Like, are they, are they in square shapes where the, the clean you know, parts? it's hard to tell. Um, either more square shapes, I would say. But definitely, like, it wasn't. This isn't. It would be big enough to put a person on this altar, but that doesn't feel like that was this purpose. This looks like maybe there are a bunch of... You can tell there are probably bowls here. There's a lot of bowls there, but there was stuff in those bowls. And there were things all around, like maybe there were gems and magical items here. Any inscriptions on the altar, like on the sides, the front? The inscriptions all are in the language they would uh, that uh, Matilda knows, and they do say... Um, for the glory and uh, for the for the glory and precious memory of Lotus. Any altars in the murals? Matilda's so, in a happy spot right now. Yeah. I can tell. I guess we walk to the other door. See what's behind there. Yeah. Now that everything is is lit up, I'm um, I'm taking a moment to look at everything mm-hmm. um, so that I can recall it all. Oh yeah, this definitely mind. looks like the life and times of Lotus. Everything she had achieved in her life, from the very first time she set out as a royal, to the very first adventure she had, to the very first angel she had murdered, to the, like, it's, you can see it now, it's painting left to right, and it goes up as the ceilings really indicate just the higher amount of things she had done in her life, and the spells that she had, she had taught uh, as she became a mentor to other to other uh, Nethrelian adventure women. Mm-hmm. All right, what's um, what's close to the end? What's the most recent mm-hmm. stuff on there? Um, there's a great battle where the, uh, the royal Nethril fleets are fighting against angels, a whole horde of angels. Can I make a religion check it. to see if I know whether my god Pelor has had dealings with this? Absolutely. That's a seven. Mm-mm. My dice don't like me today. I will say that there's a lot of this, you know how when you read someone's handwriting and you know it's that person, mm-hmm. but you can't, like you don't know which person is, you just know it's somebody who's, who's they're, all these angels you're seeing, they're not Palor, but they're close, they're in the same family. They're all depicted in shining lights and, and all that glory. That you can tell it's like the same mark. Mm. But the symbols are a little off. They're not Paylor. Let us get the gilder to the side and cast Mage Hand mm-hmm. and slowly start opening the door. Just in case. All right. You open up the door. And he's going to peek around. Yeah. Um, you can kind of peek around, go both sides, right? So you can kind of see everything that's in here. 
And what you see are three sarcophaguses. Well, this ends poorly. They are, they look like the tops are laced with shiny gold magics. And in front of the sarcophagus, sarcophagi, sarcophagi. What? <laughs> you know what? Don't worry about the cockeye. Um, <laughs> you see two drow in front of them, dead, not moving. They definitely look dead. Their face looks sucked to the bone. They still have skin on their face, but it looks grotesque. Oh, that is something like I've mummified? never seen before. Like, it, yeah. it is not exciting at all. Not necessarily mummified, just... Withered? Withered. Well, I'm going guys, to do the only reasonable thing there is to do and loot the bodies. <laughs> you assume that everything that was on that altar is in this one drow's bag. Mm-hmm. It is a collection of... There's a, there's a diamond. Mm. There are some rubies. Mm. There are uh, there's uh, a lot of just fun artifacts here. So we're gonna say a diamond, two rubies, and then we're gonna say about five different objects. One of them being a statue of Lotus herself, covered in like a topaz kind of statue. Well, I'm gonna do the only reasonable thing I can do in the circumstance and cast detect magic. Mm-hmm. So, what does that do for us? Uh, I guess mm-hmm. just magic everywhere. Mm-hmm. For the duration, which is uh, up to 10 minutes, you sense the presence of magic within 30 feet of you. When you sense magic in this way, you can use your action to see a faint aura around any visible creature or object in the area that bears magic, and you learn its school of magic, if any. The spell can penetrate most barriers, but is blocked by one foot of stone, one inch of common metal, a thin sheet of lead, or three feet of wood or dirt. Cool. You feel the faint hints of magic all around this thing, but nothing like the tops of these sarcophaguses. Sarcophagi. Sarcophagies, yeah. Sarcops. Sarcophagi? Sarcophagi. Alright, so the, the the tops of the sarcophagi are definitely magic, but none of the loot in the bag is. Like, it's not magic gems. Or no, magic. these are just these gems. Are loot. These are just loot loot. Alright, and what is it? Oh, is it diamond? Mm-hmm. Uh, I'm just going to assume, by the way, that everybody else is waiting outside. Um, you guys have a team of. Oh, I'm people. inside with him. No, I don't mean you two. Oh, yeah, I mean your 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 uh, mushroom and mushroom, Sarah. I'm just assuming they're outside nice. at this point because otherwise it's a crowded party in there. Yeah. So you said it was a diamond and what else? Was that a bad? diamond, two rubies, a statue of lotus, and we're going to say after that four more um, gems of different flavors. But a diamond is. Uh, you know, it's because Victor's uh, worked with Rick long enough that he knows the <laughs> he knows the value of some things. Uh, diamonds like worth like a like a thousand gold. Right, right, right. The rubies are probably worth two fifty a piece. I will the closely. The rest of the gems together probably worth about five hundred more gold altogether. Mm-hmm. I will closely examine the statue of Lotus. Mm-hmm. Yeah, um, the statue of Lotus uh, looks very much like a, she. It, it, it's very much like she looks in the murals at the end of her lifetime. Other than that, there's no other remarks about her, but she, she, she's holding a sword, and the sword looks like it's, uh, it's, it's in flame, like a, a flame, but it's, like, it's a statue, so it's hard to tell what kind of flame. She has a wrist-mounted something on her hand, she has a flowing robe, and she has like a, something over her face, like a, a, a veal over her face. 
Mm-hmm. And, is this, and it's got the eye open? No, these these are not open. And what's the school of magic on the lids of the sarcophagi? Contain something and preserve it, that type of magic, that world of magic, and lock it down in a place. Mm. Not sure what, that would be more, maybe con, not conjuration? That's uh, abjuration. Abjuration? Mm-hmm. Yeah, that was it. Magic that blocks, banishes, or protects. Right. Is there also some necromancy in there? Oh, yeah. Also, okay. Oh, yeah. And now that you're in here, you still have your detect magic on going on. There is three distinct points of undead that you can't see. Now, does that tell you within there? Do you, can you get a good? I don't think that's location. Yeah, it just says is it within sixty feet? Yes. Yeah. No? Gotcha. So yes, within sixty feet, you st- you feel it. You feel it close by. There is definitely some undead things. Okay, then as an action, uh, I'm going to cast my channel divinity, and I'm going to say a prayer. Oh, I will, uh, she will take her holy symbol, mm-hmm. and she will whisper a prayer to Pelor and cast turn the unholy. Uh, each fiend or undead that can see or hear you within 30 feet must make a wisdom saving throw. I don't want to. <laughs> can they hear her? Yeah, because they are in a stone, so sorry. Now you got me doing it. (laughs) What is the DC to be? It is a... 13. 13. They beat it. So nothing happens when you you call out. Alright, so we got some uh, magically trapped undead. And... uh, in the sarcophagi. Oh, one thing. Uh, your magic. Sorry, one big thing. There is almost like an explosion of magic happening on the on the main sarcophagus. Okay. And this main sarcophagus on the top of it does have its own um, statue molded onto it of lotus. All right. So, <clears throat> so let's make sure we're all on the same page. I'm sure we all understand that the uh, the three undead trapped within the sarcophagi, or the three people depicted in those murals. And uh, the big one in the center is your uh, hideous monster angel killer, abomination of the gods. And um, this can lead to no good. The uh, sarcophagi are trapped. Uh, it looks like if you touch them, it you know does some sort of soul-sucking business and is uh, meant to keep them undisturbed. Shall we disturb them? Yes. But well, let's... we got to figure out how. Hmm. All right, what are on the walls of this room? Is this a uh, second room also these covered are, in murals? Uh, so there are paintings on either side of these two sarcophagus, mm-hmm. uh, sarcophagi, and uh, they depict the life and times of kind of the lesser royals, and these are, look like they are just royal guards, but it's the battles they've been through to earn their guardship and to earn, and in this room, you realize very much this was a burial tomb because on the top of um, Lotus's, on the top of Lotus's, uh, on her wall, um, this is her death. And what's the show? How she died? She died by the hands of an angel in a great battle. They apparently are dicks and they didn't like the angel, so they didn't give the angel a name. Mm. There was certainly a fire, like there's an angel with a fiery sword punching it right through her gut. Good. Um, and then there's a picture of them um, all getting on the angel, tearing it to pieces, the rest of uh, some of the Nethril army. 
And then um, yeah, finally the unloading her body into the tomb. Are there any um, particular distinguishing characteristics about this angel? So I know they, d- they didn't give him a name. That's mm-hmm. not in there, but... Um, it looks very militant, like a armor all over it. Shiny, shiny armor, plate armor. Mm-hmm. Um, long, flowing, uh, uh, blonde hair. Okay. And does have angel wings, but also a... Uh, the, one of the funny characteristics here is just a, a sword. And this sword is like a beam of energy. All right. Any particular... Uh, Markings, um, symbols, anything on the angel's armor that might help identify who the angel was? Not right now. No. I mean, there are some, there are, there's definitely a symbol that you guys have not figured out yet with, uh, like there's a symbol somewhere there. But you guys haven't quite pieced that together yet. That would be? Religion. Religion? Um, yeah, I'll make a, another religion check. Nope. No. I, I have not tried a religion check yet. I've done history a couple of times. Dice tried. Don't religion. Oh, that's mm. only going to be a 12. Well, you sketched it out in your little journal, your Matilda journal. Yeah. Maybe later you can yeah. figure it out. I'm furiously sketching all of this in my Matilda journal. But as you're researching, you are looking in the... There is a basically do not touch, do not disturb, or a curse bestowed on you. Sure. I feel like she and I would have compared notes, and I would have like shown her that I don't. I, I, Eighteen on religion. Oh, you you are a religious guy. Well, yeah, within reason. <laughs> this is Thanos. A uh, before Paylor got really hot and and big and, and and like ancient speaking, Thanos was right there, like the brother of Paylor. It comes down to it. So. This whole god, the whole thing you're looking at now is things. Apparently, Tyria was spending too much time uh, polishing her armor and practicing with her sword than she was actually paying was attention to history. Thanos, Thanos had died, <laughs> leaving uh, uh, Paylor to uh, to take up the mantle as the only god of light at that point. Mm-hmm. But it used to be shared. Oh, I remember this. There was uh, one time in class where Mr. Devereaux did not show up, so I was forced <laughs> to pay attention. That's right. It was... Um, but um, it was a brother. That's right. He was the uh, he was the other one, brother of Paylor. Is that right? It was something like that. I didn't pay that much attention, but uh, I'm pretty sure that's the general situation. And what happened yeah. to Thanos? Well, I don't. I don't know. I know at some point uh, Paylor just skyrocketed in popularity. So I don't know if maybe he just got forgotten, like the lesser popular younger brother. I wouldn't know anything about that. But I <laughs> generally, uh, you go back into the other room because you kind of you kind of remember something at okay. the very top of the ceiling. You see, uh, you see where Lotus had uh, pushed through her de- her uh, light, like her 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 weapon into the back of what looks to be a god. And this looks every bit. Now you can, oh. you know, that this looks like Thanos. Yeah, Lotus killed Thanos. Ooh, and, uh, okay, and you remember that Thanos was a god, correct? Yeah, yeah, she killed a god. Sure, and you're just- She was a badass. No, she was really awesome. She was a hideous monstrosity. She was she was a badass. She, she was a, a monster. God. 
A villain of the highest order. You have all her comic book. <laughs> back, at, back at the old ranch. She defamed goodness in all of its forms. Beings that were the pure essence of what is good. She rendered them to pieces. <laughs> you hear laughter that echoes through the chamber now. And when I am strong enough, I will do it again. Hello! <laughs> he says, Vathos says hello. Why, hello there. I am when I have taken your life energy, I'll be, I'll be well on my way to getting out of this prison. Oh no, you, you don't want my, my energy. It's not, it's not great. There is another voice, in a way, calling to you. Hmm. Kind of through this echo, right? And it's something that's something that's uh, warm, feels good, and you can't help but feel like it's coming from that lotus's sarcophagus. But never mind, because uh, we have bigger things afoot here. I want you guys a place where you are in this exact moment. From the ground, uh, Victor notices it first, and no one is surprised because I hate you, Victor. You see what looks like uh, three ghosts. That come up from the ground, right there, and they just kind of form up from the uh, from the ground, hmm. and they look ghostly, but they look every bit the uh, who they were in death or in life, with lotus in the center. They're hovering, without their feet touching the ground. I turn. <laughs> <laughs> So initiative? Yep. Initiative. Mm -hmm. I don't want this. They do not want this. Apparently I do. Oh. Twelve. I'm not using this dice box. Anymore. Twenty-two. <laughs> Seventeen. Eight. All right. So the ghostly images are now hovering before you in every bit of their suit of armors and, and stuff. She looks every bit the badass you remember from your comic books and, and your posters. This is so exciting. Including the wrist, the wrist mechanism. There's a flowing robe. Yeah. There's also a utility belt. Oh, this is great. <laughs> and I am at full power. The world will be mine again. Um. We can't really let you do that, which is a shame because I'm a big fan. <laughs> you have issues. <laughs> I do. I have like the entire trade paperback series, but <laughs> <laughs> I love it. This also confirms your suspicion that this was based on fact, all the stuff you read. Yeah. Some of the fanfic even. Oh my god, this is so great. Okay. And they are pulsating with pure evil. An undead stench. I don't know, ghosts can stink. Yeah. Alright, so I guess I should attack now. Mm -hmm. I don't know, what's good against ghosts? You know, I just... You don't I, know that much about ghosts. I don't, I don't, and I don't think that I can... I mean, I'm right here, right? I'm like right... Technically specters. Yeah. No. Yeah. Maybe. Maybe I, that's really special. I, I just... For you. Just for you. I don't think I can uh, I can deny the opportunity for an attack with my with my rapier. Oh, go right up to your big, <laughs> your biggest fan. Right. Need to kill you. <laughs> oh. Yeah, I just I gotta I gotta try that. 
All right, uh, 17 plus eight. She's flanked. Oh, that is. Wow. Yeah, okay. Well, she's flanked, we want to roll another one so we get credit. Yeah, so we have advantage. Yeah, oh, I guess she, she is oh. flanked, doesn't she? Okay. The wraith is flanked. Oh, I didn't mean to say that. Oh. Whoops. Oh, no. But that wasn't correct. You still as long as hit by a big D20. <laughs> so your flaming sword, like you kick your flame sword into existence, you yeah. unsheath it, oh, and yeah. you're just like, oh, I don't want to do this, but I got it. Is that the way you're doing it? Or are you excited? They're like, yay! You're I'm, stabbing with, yeah. with murderous lust. I'm, I'm super excited. Okay. I'm super excited. Um, let's see, what is my damage on my rating? So because D8, she, a D6, and a plus five. Because she knew so much about this, uh, I will say Tiri regarded her with a bit of suspicion because we just met. Yeah. You know, she doesn't know anything about our oh, answer. Yeah. At first yeah, when we're all in here, she's like her with some significant But suspicion. she's she's kind of like very sort of wary, like, I don't think I like this. And then Matilda just kicks and is like, Nope, I'm gonna kill it. And she's like, Alright, we're all still right, on the same, yeah, team. I'm down, yeah. same team. You gotta you gotta worry with her sometimes. Are we on the same team? At any given point. What's the damage? <laughs> Let's find out. Oh, uh, nice. Let's see, that's four plus three is seven plus five. Seven plus five is 12. You sink your sword in, it seems like it cools down a bit, uh-huh. but you do, she, she kind of screams out well, in an echoey voice. Four points of that is elemental damage of my. Four of the? Yeah. Okay. Uh, let's see, what kind of elemental damage? Uh, I, you know, fire. My, my first instinct is fire. Yeah, because it's a like, fire sword. Yeah. Um, but it seems like, yeah, the fire, uh-huh. of your fire sword comes in and kind of goes, cools as it off sinks a bit. in, cools off a bit. Okay. You still hurt her, but it yeah. doesn't look like you hurt her as much. Okay, that's fine. Oh, but no. she screams yes. out like, who is this? <laughs> and she, and she reeks, her head just swiftly turns around as her ghostly mm-hmm. body looks at you. And she goes, yo. I'm a big fan. Train your life first, then. <laughs> Next. Uh, that's going to be uh, 22, 17. Victor. Victor right. Sinclair. You're seeing all this happen in front of you. Looks like you were about to be ambushed, but you can't be ambushed. Victor Sinclair cannot be ambushed. It's not my thing. No. <laughs> all right. As a bonus action, I will cast Shield of Faith and bump my AC up to my comfortable levels. Okay. And as my action, I will cast a Beacon of Hope. Uh, I haven't, uh, I don't think I've used this one yet. Uh, this spell bestows hope and vitality. Choose any number of creatures within range, so all my party members. Mm-hmm. Uh, for the duration, each target has advantage on wisdom saving throws and death saving throws, and regains the maximum number of hit points possible from any healing. Nice. All right. I like it. Vlad is love. Or is that everything you're doing? Yeah, that's it. Okay. It is now Vladis Love's go. All right. He is in the room. Right, like right next to you is who uh, this lady popped up. Mm-hmm. This this wraith. Okay. Lotus. Well, Vladis Love is going to look at her, and he's going to put a hand out like this, right in front of her, and cast Firebolt, which, uh, if case it matters, with my feet elemental adept, it ignores. Resi- she has resistance to fire. She does not have resistance to fire on this spell. Oh. Well. You know what? I didn't. I built her so she would have resistance to fire. So not, I don't like what you're doing. <laughs> okay. So are you rolling as a hit? Yes. To hit. Okay. Go for it. It's gonna be a modified twenty. It hits her. All right. And it's a two D ten. 
Eight. And I'll spend a sorcery point to reroll that. Eight plus six is math. Fourteen. Plus, um, I can add my charisma modifier to damage. That's going to be 18. So tell me how that looks. Well, he just looks He looks at her. He sees that looking around, all his new com- companions are about to get into battle. And he just kind of looks at his hand and a fireball. No, not a fireball, but you know, fireball appears and he just holds it up like this and it shoots like flat palm and it just shoots out of his hand. Okay. Right, yeah. like, right in her back. Oh, so you actually do more of is it more of a uh, street fighter like Hooligan! like right in front of her and Yeah, a little bit, yeah. Okay, so this this ball of arcane energy explodes into her and it seems like she shimmers and uh, and a ghostly outline that usually is translucent. Like tightens up for a second and breaks apart again. You did some damage to her. Cool. And she is not happy. How does she look? I mean, pretty attractive, I would think. I think she. she's, yeah, she's, she's well. She's built pretty well. You can't tell what goes. They don't actually decompose like a human would, so it's hard to tell how she's looking. Well, I was really talking about her physical attributes, like you said. Yeah, so is that. <laughs> but as a ghost, I was just telling you, as a ghost, it's hard to tell how hard you've hurt them. Oh, kind of thing. okay. But her her body, like her face is kind of like looking at you and Matilda at the same time. It's like this mix of just like... Because she's like a floating mist. Think of it more like a floating mist that, that isn't exactly material. Mm-hmm. So her face is kind of looking at you and looking at Matilda. Right now she has a couple of enemies. And now we will go to our holy paladin. Alright. Tiri. Um, Tiri will... Um, she's gonna burn a first level spell slot to cast Divine Smite. No, no. I don't like this. And she's going to... I want to turn around and just use my movement to get right up in her space. Mm-hmm. But she's turned around facing Matilda, right? She is a, think of her like a mist, and she is kind of looking at everyone at the same time, she's, but she's like swirling, many, kind of looking at yeah. people, kind of doing that thing. Okay. Uh, so, with, just to paint the picture. With two hands, I'm going to use my versatile longsword. Attack her. She is super flanked, so you can roll twice. Oh, okay. Mm, 16 and 5 is 21. That totally hits. Okay, so that she is... She doesn't seem exact, exactly nimble per se. Okay, so that's a d10 plus 2. Okay. Um, and that's an additional 2d8 radiant. Nice. No, please don't. <laughs> Add up the radiant damage if you don't mind separately and tell me what that is. Okay. Let's do. That's unfortunate. All right. So my first, uh, so my longsword deals five. And your longsword's a regular longsword, right? Yes, but it's versatile, so it does a d10. You, uh, it swipes right. Oh, sorry, seven. Yeah, it swipes right through, and it looks like it didn't do any damage. Like you hit. That's wrong. That was a d10, not a d8. Sorry. Whatever you're doing with your longsword. Longsword is. An eight, nine, ten, yes, ten. Doesn't do any damage. You poke your longsword through. Mm. Feels like you hit, but it looks like it's immune. Okay. To um, your standard old average. So the radiant damage. But radiant damage. Is six. 
Oh, plus 1d8 additional if target is undead or a fiend. I don't like that. She's undead? Yeah. Uh, So that's another six, so 12 total. Initially, your sword hits, right? Goes mm-hmm. through, and you're like, well, nothing happened. But your sword's like ignites with uh, with radiance. And then she, like the outline of her just explodes, and she cries out. And then a voice that echoes through everywhere. She's still up, but that hurt her. Second attack. I don't like this. <laughs> Is that still an advantage because she's flanked? Yes. Uh-huh. Well, no, you only get advantages. Is that the first time around in that attack? Because they're every, every mm-hmm. freaking attack? Mm-hmm. Okay. So. All right, I'll just... Trying to help my guys. Uh, 13 and 5 is Hits. 18. <laughs> okay, Hits. so that's another. But you said that the sword attack doesn't do any any damage. You just hit, the radiant. and anything you're doing with your regular old sword attack does nothing. It'll just swipe right through. Like she absorbs the damage. It doesn't. It doesn't immune, immune to physical attacks. Okay, no, so it is 3d8 radiant. Oh. So she did a fire that's sword eight. and that worked. Uh, it's 11 plus 17. 17 normal damage? Radiant. <laughs> 17 radiant damage. You said the normal the normal damage doesn't do anything, so I didn't even roll my d8. Okay. Or d10. How did you get the radiant? In? I believe you, I just actually went um, That is my divine, divine smite. Oh, okay. So divine smite is when you hit, you get to add more damage as radiant? I think she has to sacrifice a spell yes. slot to do it. But yeah, yeah, I did. Yeah. All right, I love it. So how does that look when you destroy... Um, oh, Lotus. I Lotus more on the second on one swing back around and slice through her again, and I just tell her this is for Pelor. Just <laughs> Pelor was gonna be next, she says. Nope. As you rip open basically a seam in reality, a light crackles through the seam, and she Sorry. disintegrates out of her undead evilness. And the the wraith itself just goes away. Wow! High five, too. Good job. I've never looked at the sarcophaguses. Do they look any different? Scrapping so out. like I reach as as yeah. she did, as she goes into the mist. Like uh-huh. we reach, reach through, through the, the mist and high five. Look at through the mist. Ah! Um, that was amazing. The sarcophagus uh, See, that looks like it's Lotus's sarcophagus. First sarcophagus. It was obviously outlined in a little bit of magic that you can still detect. It powers down. <gasps> we can open it now. Well, it's still Are got two, two more wraiths to worry about. As you say that, these two wraiths, they pop, uh, one pops out of the wall and comes into this wall right okay. behind you. One pops out of this wall and comes up under the ground. Right. So one's behind Matilda and one is now directly behind um, Directly behind Vladislav, the one behind uh, Matilda mm-hmm. takes out its uh, it's like its its ghostly sword and attempts to swipe at you with it. And behind is like a trail of like a foul tentacle of, of like undead necrotic energy. Mm-hmm. What does a nineteen do to you? Oh, it's gonna hit me. Okay. Eleven points in necrotic damage. Ouch. And I also want you to roll me a uh, con check. As okay. not only does it, like, it, it, it sore kind of sticks in you for a second, and yeah. it's like, no, you will feel. Is that a, con, it, is that a saving throw? Right. Yes. Are you within 10 feet? Of, you're within 10 feet of me. Yeah, I'm right next to you. Yeah. Uh, we just well, no. You're, yeah, I know. She is. Yeah. yeah. Uh, so you're going to gain a plus two to that. Cool. 
Thank you. Oh, well, it's probably not gonna help. That's a six plus one is seven plus two is eight. <laughs> Unfortunately, your max, it starts draining life force energy out of you. Yeah. Your maximum hit points is now 12 less. Oh. That is as much as you can actually be healed now, as it siphons off some of your energy as a person. So now my maximum. Yeah, so what, what is your max hit points right now? Uh, my max is 32, but I 12 less got than hit 30. for 20. 11. Yeah, your huh? total hit points are 20. Total hit but points But I've are been hit 20. for 11, so does that take me down to 1? It just says your maximum hit points no. is now. So I think it takes or does that it just take me down to 12? Take, yeah, it just, took, it just took it off the top. So now your max hit points is 20. So if you get healed, you can only get healed up to 20. Right. Okay. Not 32. Okay. But I think you are at 20 hit points. So. Yeah. Yeah. Okay. You are at 20 hit points. All right. Well, I was only at 21 before, so. Hmm? Okay. <laughs> After my being hit for 11. Oh, oh right, 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 right. Yeah. Okay. Yeah. All right. So I can only be healed up to 20. Uh huh. That's fine. Vlad is love. Behind you pops up a, uh, a guard, and he goes, Yo, you will feed me, and we will find a way to get our mistress back. Hmm. It's a crit. Ooh. Failure? No. Success oh. for me. Oh. 15 points of damage, and roll me a con check. 11. 11 beats it. It attempts to siphon some magical energy from you, or some of your life force essence, but you, maybe you magically just like, no, none of that. As a reaction, I'll look at him and go, Lazel's not very nice, and point at him and cast Hellish Rebuke. Mm-hmm. Okay. I it? love Hellish Rebuke, I... that's such a great. Mm-hmm. Remember they are engulfed in flames. Yeah. Make a deck saving throw. You get a DC of 16. 13. Nope. Okay. Uh, six. Ten points of fire damage as flames erupt from exactly where he came up. And goes, ah! and then Vlad's like, ah, 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 ah. He looks like he is not having a good day right now. It is hurting him pretty bad. Wish we brought the marshmallows. He's, he's still up. And how much did he hit me for, by the way? Fifteen points of damage. I got it. Matilda. In more ways than one. Yeah. <laughs> okay, I am gonna have to shift away from this guy. So, what if I just shift back one? Is that? Yeah, on a move action you can shift. Yeah. You, I mean, you can either spend all your move action to shift. Okay. Like, that's disengage, really. Rose yeah. get disengaged as a bonus action, that's why I disengage is hot for Rose. Alright. I have to burn a move action for Okay. Um, so that's my move action. I still have a standard action, right? Mm-hmm. I'm going to have to cast Mage Armor on myself. Mm-hmm. Okay. For safety reasons. <laughs> Which is a damn shame because I'd really like to hit him with my sword. Mm-hmm. But, um, you know. Why do you just suck the life essence out of your body? So. Yeah, yeah. It's kind of important that I give myself a little AC boost. Mm-hmm. That's it. That's all I can do. Alright. Matilda moves out of the way, collects herself, brings up some arcane armor that shimmers her in uh, fancy blue light, maybe? Like yeah. yeah. Uh, next, we're gonna go to Victor. Victor, you're assessing the situation. You're seeing some horrific shit just happen to Matilda. That was, that was horrific. Well, that's fine. I got, uh, 
He doesn't like me anyway. I'm going to uh, dash up behind Matilda, gather some white light in my hand, and then uh, tap up tap the middle of her back, cast Lesser Restoration, mm-hmm. which uh, removes uh, <coughs> either one disease or one condition affecting it. Um, oh, so you get your hit point back. Oh. Yeah, I'll allow it. it um, by the rules, it was saying like it, it, the only way to get around it is 24 hours of rest, but I like that as well. It makes sense to me. So. Okay. That's good. And then as a bonus action, I will cast Healing Word, which will cure, heal her for the number of hit points she had to have removed anyway. Mm-hmm. And uh, so she'll be back up to full now. Oh. Your hair was starting to go white. You weren't yeah. looking so great. Buck up, yeah. buttercup. You're back in this. Oh, thank you. Are you back to Vlada's love now? Are you done? Yeah, I'm done. Vlada's love. Oh, Vlada's love is going to, he's going to look, turn around and look at Wraith who just hit him when he's not very happy about it. And he's going to throw a firebolt at his face. Like, just right at his face? Yeah, at his face. You're gonna do like a snap, like, no. <laughs> With style. Okay. <laughs> and that's going to be crit terrain. So All right. I don't know how, how crits work with spells. Just max damage? Or that's a great question. Because uh, with uh, with weapons, it's just adding another uh, weapon dice roll. Yeah. Um, I would say well, how much damage. Well, we can look it up later. Um, for now, I say how much is the damage? Two d10. Add one more d10 to it. Okay. We can look up there with spell. I don't know if spells really benefit from crits all that often, do they? I do not remember. They should. As a house roll, we'll do fun stuff on a spell crits. The fun stuff is, what should you do? 18. How to destroy it. That is of Lucy, he puts, he snaps finger, fireball comes out of finger, burns off face of Wraith. Wraith's face, like the, he starts screaming as his face disintegrates and the rest of its body just Which flies away in, this in one? a mist. Yeah. And it's no longer, you know, looks like. Another sarcophagus um, has no more magic left to it. Oh, this is fun. All right, is that it for you? But it's always done. Good job. Do you like, you like blow the the uh, the smoke off like, your finger guns? Yeah. Butterflies. Butterflies. Oh, I love it. I love it. Great. I love it. And we need some fan art. Rest in peace. Yeah. So hard. All right. Uh, next, Terry. Um, in the miserable existence, is everything you do is death of these things. She is inspired by Vladislav right next to her. Nice. I think I'd like to try that. And she okay. will firebolt. Um, the remaining specter? Yeah, she'll cantrip firebolt the, the last specter. Um, that okay. is 2d10 on a hit. She's just going to roll for an attack. Yeah. That's not bad. That's a what, uh, it's a spell attack bonus, right? So that's a seventeen. Oh yeah. Okay, so that's two d ten. Six. It actually takes twelve points of damage because it is undead, and your radiance explodes it. But it's still up. But it's there. It's hurting. It is bad. I mean, you can't. There's not quite as much mist there as there used There's to be. There's not as much mist, I guess. But um, uh, it obviously reels back in holy radiant pain. I remember this. 
Ah, by the way, critical spell hits, roll all the attack damage die twice. Oh, all of it. Wow. So it should have been 4d10, but I'm It's okay, wow. you still but killed dead it. dead is dead. Yeah. You killed Just it for really, future. You yeah. still killed it really bad. Anyways, what are you doing now? Um, oh, you have a, that so. was a first attack. Mm-hmm. I'm going to do it again. So. 15. Still hits. Still hits, okay. So that is. We cast low specters and we cast low specters. Mm-hmm. That's the only thing I got left on the battlefield. Mono Wraith. Oh, another 12 points. It explodes in radiant energy. Does these basically, uh, are these radiant, by the way, or are these just fire? Mm, no, it's just fire. Ah, then Matt, I only have like six hit points left. Um, <laughs> so, it, so how does that look? It's just fire engulfing it, and it just burns it down. Yeah, nearly nearly identical to what Vladislav did. She, you she's aim for she's the kind head, of you very cheekily doing like anything you can do, I can do better. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> very good, very good. Thank you, thank you. A butterfly. I was, liked yours. A butterfly oh, landed you. on your shoulder just then. Aw. <laughs> Yay, good job, you guys. She winks at Vladislav. Magic unwraps. Oh, good, good, good. Now we can loot the, the sarcophagi. Yeah, I'll, turn. I'll probably turn and run with Matilda to the big one. Yeah, yeah. Let's see what's in it. Yeah. Let's see what's in it. Uh, I do too, because that was the one that was calling me. Mm-hmm. It very much was. All right. Who so, wants to open so it? Like should we three, check for traps? The three of us, there might we... be physical traps oh, on there it. there might be. There are probably physical traps on it. I mean, there were, like, ghosties that rose up to keep us out. Ghosties. Okay. Ghosties. Who can, uh, who can, who can... My investigation is not great. Find and disarm some traps. Do we have anyone here uh, who can disarm or check you know, for traps? I mean, I'm, I'm pretty good with oh. investigation myself. Victor looks I'm around and he does excited. see there's some ancient me- mechanism there, so there is a trap of some sort. Now, investigation will tell you if you can do something about it. All right. Uh, oh, 14 plus 7. Mm. Yeah. Oh yeah, with this yeah, type of thing, you yeah. see some of the lines, the actual mechanical lines, and these are arcane yeah. uh-huh. kind of magical lines that go yeah. up in, underneath. Uh-huh. Oh, that's the off button right underneath the right underneath the tone. Sweet. I'm sure you, it you off. find it, you go. <laughs> there were a bunch of pin needles uh, around of like what would be oh, okay. needles that were shot out. Yeah, yeah, probably poisoned. All yeah. right, the trap's off. Time to open. Oh man, this is heavy. We're gonna need to take all three of us. Yeah, I'm yeah. gonna make you roll for it because eventually you're just gonna keep doing it. <laughs> oh, oh yeah, like a hand to help us. Yeah, yeah. me too. Did you have unseen servant? Is that helping yeah. as well? Like uh-huh. every, it's gonna everything. Take, this lid is freaking hard. Okay. To, to undo, but you eventually you eventually open it, and a puff of like rank odor comes out. <laughs> the rank odor of of dead. Yeah. <laughs> And very much like you saw in the, uh, and, and you get it finally across the top, right? You get, a, you get the, you get the, uh, the top of the lid off, and you throw it to the side with a, the tumble and a crash because it's stupid heavy. Mm-hmm. And you see laid over a, a, a giant veil is, is the uh, dead remains of Lotus, preserved pretty well, but definitely dead for a very long time. Okay. The veil itself looks like it's. A golden veil, like it is laced in some kind of elven chainmail, and it is seems like it's worth a lot. It's just like a large, like it's like an elven chainmail oh. that's not part of any kind. I think that would look good on you. It's very pretty. Yeah. It's just a magic chain. Oh yeah, the elven chainmail is not magical. It is just, just large, well, it's elven made. It's pretty and it's durable and all that good jazz. On her, on a uh, lotus's side, uh, on a uh, 
there's a what looks to be a wrist. And now you you've read some of the articles, the comic books, all oh, that. Oh yeah, all of them. Yeah, this is uh, Lotus's uh, wrist-mounted um, grappling hook. It's magical in the sense that it can kind of wherever you it'll magically grab on a thing. Awesome. So you can so you can swing around like Lotus did in all of her murals. You can use that as a bonus action to initiate the grappling hook. Oh, you gotta wear it upside down like this. All around Lotus, you see piles of, uh, of gold, and that's uh, that's just 1K worth of gold. And that's all around her. If everyone's alright, I will uh, put this in a bag of holding for the party. Party sure. funds. Yeah, okay. Mm-hmm. There is, at her side, a hilt with a... Um, there's a hilt that looks like it was a sword. And this is what's calling to you. Mm. You take the veil and you take the armor thing, but that's mine. <laughs> it's certainly a symbol of Thanos on the, uh, on the hilt. And it's pulsating as you start, like, of, of light energy. You grab I, it. I will take it reverently. You hold it up and you feel like as some warmth uh, flows through you. And at any moment, just consciousness, you can activate it. And it is a beam of radiance that is now a longsword. It is a undead fighting longsword. It is a plus two longsword. And if you hit undead with it, it is another extra d8. So that's... You know this now. 48. The the name... um, Yeah. The name of this sword has all the best swords have a name. Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. This name is Dawnbringer. Oh. It, it echoes in your mind. I am the Dawnbringer. I mean, Weapon. I could have probably told her that. Yeah, no, no. no. I like, think Batman. I am the Dawnbringer. Holding the Dawnbringer sword, I will take a knee. <laughs> yeah. I will take a knee and I will pray to both Pelor and. Uh, who'd you say? That? And Thanos. Thanos. And thanks. There is a soft calling in the back of your mind of uh, basically you have done something right. It's like a, a screwy static transmission, basically, because you're mm-hmm. deep in that shit of awful in the Underdark. Mm-hmm. But there is a thing. It's like you have done something really right to bring this back out, can, out of the hands of evil. I will continue to bring light to the dark. Absolutely. Seeing as this is a big moment for her, a lot of love is going to prestidigitate all her armor clean and a little brighter. Yeah. Aww. There are two potions of greater healing Ooh. on either side of her. There is a looks like goggles to the right, to the right of her. Should the potions go in the bag of healing? Are we all over? Are they fashionable goggles? That's fine. Why don't you take these gems I got from the uh, the intruder earlier? Mm-hmm. What kind of gems? Is that diamond, two ruby, and four gems. Are they a... fashionable by, the, by any means? Are they? Uh, they look like clockwork, like a uh, gold. Gold uh, rimmed, and they look like they have leather straps. They are definitely magical. Do mm-hmm. I know what these are? Oh yeah. Um, do you identify? I do, but I might know what they are just because I'm a fan. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And you see underneath it another set because she always seems to lose these. So there's two sets of these goggles. Right when you open that up, there's another pair of goggles beneath that. These are these are goggles to let her see in the darkness. <gasps> Dark vision goggles. Cool. You also, Jesus. her robes, her famous robes, her adventure robes, 
Yeah, they're on here. It's going to be a little... I don't want to describe you guys propping up this skeleton. Like, <laughs> Oh, I'll do it. Yeah. <laughs> but she's totally wearing them. Those yeah. Those really cool robes. Yeah, you know, I'm taking them The ones them that look like a trench coat, but also She's have a, dead. She doesn't need them anymore. She does not need them anymore. Also, her utility belt is there. What else so, on the utility belt? The utility belt um, doesn't have anything on it right now except for manacles on the back. Okay. And you know it's true that every time you take the manacles off, I magic another pair. Or there. It's like never-ending manacles. Awesome. Nice. There you mind if I get one of those uh, not vision goggles? Sure. No, much Here you go. <laughs> this is awesome. Mm-hmm. The utility belt has six slots that you can give it. Anything on these six slots? Now, nothing bigger than, say, a dagger. Um, you can spend a bonus action to use. So, say, uh, a throwing dagger of sort. You can use a bonus action to take a dagger from it and throw it real quick out. She used, uh, she'd used Chinese stars, and basically. Alright, while she pulls the rest of the stuff out of the nudes, putting on the goggles and gives goggles to Victor, uh, Terry will begin to investigate um, another one of the... The other tombs are much, much less interesting. Collectively, uh, they have 500 gold pieces in them. And one of them has a brass plate mail, plus one. It is shiny. I found some plate mail. Do either one of you want to look at this? Well, I could certainly, yeah. I wouldn't mind. So, yeah, so it's just you and I that wear plate mail. Hmm. Well, we ought to both got something. Uh, we could hold on to it for later. Well, there's no point in not at least using it. Uh, want a paper, rock, scissors for it? I mean, I... Do you mind if I wear it nice. for a bit? We could trade off after a while. <laughs> There's no need for that. If you'd like it, go ahead and have it. I just uh, want to make sure you, you're well covered, that you've got what you need. I think I'll be fine, but how about dibs on the next one? Sounds good. Fair enough. The other one does have one more magic item in it, the other side. And there's a guy who's wearing a necklace that has five beads on it that look distinctly like fireballs. I heard of that. It is a very pretty necklace. Yeah, you haven't gotten anything for a while. You, uh, you didn't get anything out of this hall. You want those, uh, what is clearly the, uh, necklace of fireballs? I, I think that would be lovely. Thank you so much. He puts it on. It twinkles. Well, he makes it twinkle if it doesn't already. Mm-hmm. The plus one plate mail, is that plus one to attacks? Oh, oh, oh. Uh, plus one, that's a plus one to defense. Uh, Vladislav and I get the, the next ridiculous uber haul of the artifacts that we come across. Because you, you oh, two made she's up. She's not getting shit for the rest of the game. You get me? Uh, can I can I humbly suggest that we rest a while? Because I I just used a lot of my magic in that uh, last fight. Uh, I could do with you with a uh, rest myself. I am pretty good. I can set and guard while you rest. Yeah, I will say, as uh, horrifying and creepy as this place is, it is well defensible. These are the places I need to, to set yeah. up camp for the night. Yeah, yeah, we can rest. That's I fine. Got I got lots of toys eyeball. to play with. While they're resting, I'll, I'll stand at the, the door entrance with my, uh, and my, my shield animates 
from my back and just hovers in front of me. Yeah. Every bitch and, and I sit there with my quarter staff that I never use. It's just walking sick so now. Are we we're short resting? Mm. You guys can do what you want at this point. Long rest? This is pretty. I would not just camp for the evening. Camping for the evening. Okay, so long rest. We get all our spells. Let's go. Please, everyone rest. I just love to protect you. Do you want to take first watch? And since I only need four hours, I can take second watch. I'm fine. If you need sleep, I go. I'm, I'm fine to just sit here and watch out in the darkness and take it all in. 